What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition. I think we're up to episode 43, Lifetime, holy moly, of the Winging It podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Andrew, joined by Ali. Unfortunately, Alex cannot be with us tonight, but we are bringing in some reinforcements. You heard him almost probably exactly a year ago for this same exact purpose. He's rocking his Tyrese Maxi shirt right now because, as we know, there are there's so much more than just football happening right now, especially in Philadelphia, as we're getting ready for maybe the Celtics. I don't know. Could be the Hawks. Not really quite sure anymore. But anyway, joined all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, everybody, Colin Taylor. Colin, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us because I don't know about the rest of you. I feel like I know completely minimal amounts of college information to this point. I know a couple names, but first and foremost, man, thank you for coming on with us. Are you like ready for the draft? Like, what has this been like? Have you been working at this for months in preparation or was this a thing like, you know, three days ago, you're like, all right, I should probably get some names in order here. Well, first off, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I am always looking forward to talking on stuff like this. And Ali, it's a pleasure to meet you. I did not have the pleasure last time, so I'm glad that we have another fresh face on the uh, Winging It pod. Ben Salem, um, baby. Ali, another... That's right. Another... Temple. All Temple connected, too. Temple, Ben Salem. That's, that's nice right. That's family. right. Beautiful thing. But you know what, Andrew? <laughs> I look forward to the draft. I, I can't say I'm I'm like a huge NCAA football watcher, um, I watch games, but I, I don't really watch the players until the draft rolls around because I feel like I'm I'm not really thinking about anything until I know the picks that are in place. Um, so once I can start mocking, that's when I really start to dive deep into the players. Um, this year, with the Eagles not having a, a slew of picks throughout the whole draft, I have not done a full one through seven, um, but I've done you know one through three, and I've we have those seventh round picks, so I have to look at the no name guys, you know. Let's be honest. When we're talking about the Eagles draft or getting excited for the preparation, I think everybody is obviously really focused on round one. There's still a lot of interest that kind of carries into round two. Round three, you're like, okay, we can find some diamonds in the rough. Like last year, I think the Eagles drafted Nakobe Dean in the third round, which had a first round draft value. Um, so he was a very exciting prospect. But once you get after that third round, you're really just starting to kind of just grasp at straws. I think that's the saying. And, you know, seeing uh, seeing if you can get lucky. Ali, I'm going to turn things to you right now. Uh, you and Alex just, just spoke a ton about Jalen Hurts. And obviously, I completely share, you know, all of the high regards that you guys. I'm so excited that we have him locked up, how he got the deal done. Um, it's you know, a year ago, we weren't really sure. We thought that we were going to be accumulating a, a draft pick from the Saints to possibly use on a quarterback. And to be honest, this is a pretty strong quarterback draft. So, you know, the Eagles have two picks in the top 10. I mean, I guess my question is, do you think that Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, any of these guys, do you think that, I don't know, like if you had the opportunity to take them over Jalen Hurts? Would you or, you know, I guess these guys on draft day are looked at with with higher potential. Do you see these guys having a higher ceiling than the guy that the Eagles have? You know, I always hold my breath when it comes to draft day, just because there are so many hit or hit or misses that could happen. So many busts that we've heard about. I mean, frankly, let's look at Jalen Rieger. Let's look at J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Uh, we we have had our own slew of of bad decisions uh, within the draft, especially in the first round. That's when I get really nervous. Would I pick any of these quarterbacks over Jalen Hurts? No, simply because of the intangibles that Jalen Hurts has shown us. He's a leader. He's a proven leader. The guys are willing to follow him. Um, and it's really difficult to measure something like that in the combine or even in college. 
for sure. It was kind of a fluffy question because I think we all would, would choose Jalen Hurts seeing what we've seen, um, which, you know, obviously is has far exceeded his second round draft grade, which we all had an issue with when it originally happened. So uh, it's been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, Ali, I actually, I uh, last year I did a little exercise with Colin and Alex and I always liked revisiting the previous year's drafts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I guess my first, I want to ask you, uh, Ali, do you remember, like, can you remember the first, like, time that you got into, started getting into football, you knew what the draft was, and, like, do you remember the first Eagles draft pick that you can remember of significance? 100%. It was was Donovan McNabb. That was the first draft I watched. Of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, was that 90, like 99, I think? 99, 99. 99. And I remember I couldn't understand why so many people were booing him. I instantly became a McNabb fan just because I love an underdog story. So this guy was already hated by the city he was going to. And I was like, yeah, this guy just needs to to show up and play play his heart out. And he did. I mean, McNabb gave us a ton of great memories. Sure did. And Colin, of course, why did uh, Philadelphia, why were we so outraged? Who was the prize that year that the Eagles passed up on for McNabb? Uh, the prize that they passed? I thought you were going to ask me something else. Um, what I don't did you know. think Tell I was going to ask you? I, I don't know. Tell me, Andrew. It was a ru- running back from Texas. Running back. Loved oh. the weed. Yes, he did. Uh, run, Ricky, run. Run, Ricky, run. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Williams. That's right. I um, want to say Reggie Williams. I don't know why. Probably because you said weed, and I was thinking, you know, Reggie, Reggie Bush. Reggie Williams. Bushes are Bush, Bush Green. Yes. <laughs> uh, so th- that's a good. So McNabb is definitely the one I remember as well. Uh, let's see. So just to kind of go through a couple of the years since then. So since '99, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to do this in a timely fashion. 2000, Corey Simon, defensive tackle, was our first round pick. Then we took Todd Pinkston in the second round. Uh, probably, you know, he was he had a career, but was not um, nothing special. Uh, after He's the a year later, the the yeah, human uh, the human stick bug. He was like. <laughs> He probably, you know, he's like six inches taller than Devante Smith and probably still weighs the same amount. Like it looked like if you <laughs> yeah. him, he would like crack in half. Uh, then the, a year later, we draft uh, Freddie Mitchell in the first round. I believe he was out of UCLA. Fred X. Fred X, you know, that was another fun player. But again, was he a was he first rounder? I don't know about all that. Um, was anybody else? Carell Buckhalter was drafted in 2001. That was a nice little pick. Uh, then the uh, 2002. That's when we just went all out for on the secondary. It was uh, Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor were starting to get phased out, so we drafted Leto Shepard. We drafted Michael Lewis. We drafted Sheldon Brown. Uh, so Michael Lewis and Sheldon Brown were both second rounders. Leto was was in the first, and then the third round was Brian Westbrook. That was an awesome, awesome draft. Um, since then, I, I don't really think that there have been too many good ones man if i said some of these names it would uh it would hurt your soul i mean 2004 sean andrews was looking like he was a great pick until he wanted to get his michael phelps on his michael phelps on (laughs) uh let's uh, 2007 we took kevin cobb in the first round 2008 our first the first pick that we took was trevor laws a defensive tackle then uh two picks later we took deshaun jackson but literally didn't Brian Smith, Mike McGlynn, Quentin Demps, uh, Jack. Oh, I'm going to screw this name. Uh, I kick uh, Mike. Just n- nothing. <laughs> that's that's uh, great. Oh, nine, that's solid. Yeah. I know. Oh, exactly nine, we, we got we, we got Macklin and Shady. So that was a great draft. Nothing, nothing in later rounds. But Macklin and Shady were, were, were huge. Uh, 2010 is when we took Brandon Graham instead of Ali. We'll, we'll do a little uh, trivia on you here. Uh, we wanted a, a secondary player and we passed up on them in order to draft uh, Brandon Graham, and it didn't go over well, but it's it's ended very well. Was it a? Ooh, go go for it, go Colin. Ahead. No, you go for it. Oh no, I I tap out. I don't know. Justin Blackman. It was oh the wide receiver, right? Uh, no, it was it was uh, it oh, was Earl 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 uh, Earl Thomas Earl Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know why I was like going drawing a blank on his last name. Another Earl Texas Thomas. guy. Another Texas guy, right? I will say um, for the fans. I was two when Donovan McNabb got drafted, so I watched the 30 for 30 on Ricky Williams. Well, that's why, you know, that 
I, I felt like it, it might have just been like a known thing, no matter. No, like, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. But just let it be known, I was but two. You were two, <laughs> and therefore we we you know we, you were excused. Um, uh, let's see, 2011, Danny Watkins, the fireman, went in for the first round. 2012, Fletcher Cox, uh, Michael Kendricks in the second round, Denny Curry, Nick Foles. Uh, so solid draft in in 2012. The following year, Lane Johnson in the first, Zach Ertz in the second, pretty solid. Uh, then Marcus Smith, Jordan Matthews in 2014, Josh Huff, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, 2015 was Nelson Aguilar. Oh, let's see. 2016 was Carson Wentz. 2017, Derek Barnett. I don't know why I took you guys all through this. Anyway, you get the gist. All right. Uh, last year, we went Jordan Davis, round one. I remember watching it with with a couple of our pals. I remember... Uh, Brian and then and, and the Stewart boys and I remember Alex was livid when we traded or when we yeah we traded up to get Jordan Davis I think uh, we we wanted Kyle Hamilton at the time okay now that I've tried uh, taking us through a very 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 uh, abridged version of Eagles history let's let's get into this we're 10 minutes into the episode let's start talking baby Colin First and foremost, let's talk about B. John Robinson because he is the sexy name. That is who Alex wants. Uh, he, he's making it very known that that Bijan is his choice. I have spoken in the past about my opinion on running back uh, and how I it's just I don't like used I don't like drafting a running back that high. I'm gonna send it to you, Colin. Give me your thoughts on Bijan. Is he a generational talent? And should the Eagles use draft pick number 10 overall on the running back? There's a lot to unfold with Bijan. Uh, him as a player and him just the position itself with the Eagles. Um, he is the first person on my list. When I have my my guys under pick 10, he is the first guy. I, I just don't want fans to get disappointed if he's not there at 10. I think... Falcons could take him. I think there's there's a few teams ahead of us that could take him. And I think there's teams that would jump into those spots to take the, take a guy like Bijan if they view him as a generational talent. I think he is he's he gives me Kenneth Walker vibes from last year. Like people didn't really talk about Kenneth Walker uh as much as Bijan because there were a few more running backs sprinkled ahead of him, but he's just that hard runner that can cut any way you need him to go and I just think it is a luxury to have the pick 10 when you were in the Super Bowl. So I think losing Sanders, that's one factor. And getting Bijan, uh, I almost called it Bijan Sanders, Bijan Robinson <laughs> to fill that hole is something that I don't think any fan can be upset with. I don't think any analyst can say that's the wrong move. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. I don't. 100% think he's going to be there at 10, and I don't 100% think there's not a team behind us that'll jump us. Also, I don't think Howie's the type of GM to not see a value trade if someone wants to move up to 10 if Bijan is there and we move back a few spots to get another guy that is high on our board. Um, Howie's known for that. And like I said earlier, the Eagles aren't loaded with picks throughout the whole draft. They're not necessarily loaded with picks in the future. So it's not something I, I see them it's not going to not cross their mind um, tomorrow. I, I do want to say you made it. Yeah. And just real quick, I, I, one quick point that I wanted to make is that you did, you did mention how this is a luxury. And the reality is, is that this is kind of a pick that we were able to snag from the saints. And like, you do kind of just have it to use however you choose. Like it does kind of have this house money type of feel to it. Ali, I, I didn't, I apologize for cutting you off. I don't know if you were thinking around the same thing uh, because you know, it's like you kind of can't lose with this pick because it, it you got it for uh, you, you didn't, you didn't, it didn't cost you much um, and you weren't expecting to be in this high powered position where you can bolster an already very formidable offense. So um, Ali, what continue your thought. No, I was going to say it's interesting you point out that we don't have a lot of draft capital in the near future uh, and how he has been known to hedge his bets on the future when it comes to draft picks. So you're absolutely right. I, I wouldn't put it past Howie to take this pick and say, hey, you know, I was I was holding on to two draft picks in case the whole Jalen Hurts experiment didn't work out and we were going to draft a quarterback. But now that it has worked out, I'm willing to place my bets on the future. Yeah, and I mean, I think that was ultimately the plan with the draft picks. Um, 
originally we thought we'd have maybe three draft picks this year, um, but the way it unfolded, we do not. Uh, another thing I want to say with Bijan, I do think we fall victim to, not us, but, well, yeah, I guess us as Eagles fans fall victim to it, but the media fall, uh, puts us in this situation to kind of fall in love with that number one running back when it's a class that's not deep with running backs. They do with quarterbacks, they do with wide receivers, and not to say he's not a generational talent, but a lot of people are saying he's the last running back in the first round that this that's this good since Saquon. Saquon was people were talking about him every Saturday. Bijan Robinson was was a he had a great season, um, but I I just don't know if it translates on the wrong team. Uh, I think we're obviously not the wrong team with the offensive line we put together. But another thing that people don't talk about is Roshan Johnson at Texas, who was his backup, who's a big running back. He's like a Derrick Henry built running back. He's another guy that the Eagles could, if they pass up on a first round running back, second round running back, he's a guy in the third round that I think the Eagles could definitely target. So Which I could be like, over, uh, say it again. I was going to say, that's kind of like another Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders situation. Cause Miles Sanders played behind Saquon at, at Penn state. And it was like, well, just because, you know, he wasn't the number one running back. Didn't mean he didn't have a ton of skill himself. Exactly. Um, and the Eagles, right now aren't really built to with the way Jalen runs and just the way they ran the ball with their stable of backs last year. It doesn't really feel like we're a guy, a team that's going to draft a guy that's three down a three down back, which that's pretty much what I think a team will use Bijan for. So we might take advantage of that. If a team behind us wants something in that, you know, that realm of player. Yeah. I think we need to accept though, that, that, we need to find a replacement for Miles. Now, Miles, in my opinion, wasn't the best of, of running backs. He he was injury prone. He had a really great season last year, but that doesn't make up for the fact that he had been injured for the last couple of seasons before that. And I think we need to find a solve for him. Do I think B. John is going to be available at number 10? To be honest, I don't think so. Like The Lions are in need of a running back after uh, Jamal Williams is gone. Um, I would not put it past Josh McDaniels to try to uh, fix his no Sean Moreno mix up when he was the, <laughs> when he was on the Broncos uh, and pick up B. John for the Raiders. Right. Like I, I even if we get to a spot where we figure out, OK, we we need a running back and B. John is our guy. I just don't think he's going to be available at number 10. Yeah, the, the Falcons do make a, a lot of sense. I wonder if the Lions would maybe be dissuaded because they brought in uh, David Montgomery from the Bears um, yeah. and, and they still have DeAndre Swift. Because uh, I remember being like, that's so weird. Like they clearly will just never give Swift a, a, a three down, uh, you know, role, which is kind of how I always thought we were going to utilize Miles Sanders. And last year was really the most work that we've ever seen Sanders get. That was the closest thing we've ever seen to him being a three down back. And I can't really remember the Eagles ever like when's the last time the Eagles had a straight up three down back and you look at their you know they have some depth so they brought in Rashad Penny and I I know that the injury worry is always there but this is running back we're talking about so if you draft in a rookie I think the injury worry is also going to be there uh, so we have Rashad Penny obviously Kenneth Gainwell's entering year three and we re-signed Boston Scott to a very um you know a very uh, team friendly you know contract a cheaper contract so and it looks like Trey Sermon might still also be a part of the team. So it, it's just it for me, it'll always be hard to justify using that number 10 pick. Now, the only thing I can kind of, uh, you know, maybe get on board with is when we're talking about contracts and the way that the Eagles, you know, I guess when you get these running backs on their rookie deals and you can kind of, you know, utilize them while they're young and, and they're not making a ton of money. And then once they're ready for that big payday, then it's like, nah, you know, I'm good. Go make your money elsewhere. We're just going to we'll start the thing back up again. So I guess uh, all all that to say, you know, with the with the depth that the Eagles have at running back right now, you know, I feel like it would be very surprising to draft Bijan. So um, how do you guys feel about the current depth chart at, at running back? Colin, I'll start with you. I mean, do you think Rashad Penny is, you know, like. I, he's no slouch in my book, so I want to kind of know how you feel about our runners. No, uh, I am not just saying this because I have Rashad Penny for a dollar in Dynasty, but <laughs> he is a guy that has averaged when starting over five yards of carry with bad offensive lines in Seattle. That, I mean, Seattle for the last, feels like the last, my entire life, but definitely the last five years has had brutal offensive lines. That's why, that's why uh, Russell's not there. And they mm-hmm. definitely, they definitely improved last year. 
And with Kenneth Walker, there was no reason for them to keep uh, to bring back Rashad Penny. But I think he's a guy that you brought brought in on a value deal. You see what you can get with him. He gives me kind of a Jordan Howard feel. I don't mm-hmm. not necessarily the player, but just the the idea of him coming. Um, but to bring it back to the draft, I think that's another thing with this running back class where there it's heavy up front with uh, Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, which I think kind of will lean in Howie's favor because he can then pass up on 10. He can use to move up. And if he thinks Gibbs won't be there at 30, he can move up. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Gibbs is a guy that you see on mock drafts anywhere from 10 to into the early second round. So it's, uh, it really depends on what team you are. And I do think Gibbs fits the Eagles system and what we do with running backs better. He's not, he's five, nine, very slight. He's an Alvin Kamara like back where you're not going to see him three downs consistently. You're going to see him when you need big plays. You're going to see him all over the place. You're going to see him with other running backs on the field. So I think that's something that I I think Howie is probably thinking more uh, than what the media is giving on to, which at this point, mock drafts are crazy seeing yeah. like Bucky Brooks final mock draft. I'm like, how many, like what, what more you could you 7.0. <laughs> yeah. Changes like, four times at this point. Day. We're just, we're just pulling at straws. Like you said about the seventh round, that's what we're doing now. We're just trying to create things for people to read, but it is interesting with the smoke screens. You see that ever, it seems like Bijan has said he's the pick for the Eagles. The media has said he's the pick for the Eagles. The Eagles haven't shied away from talking about it, that's for sure. So, nor should they. I, I think no, no. I think the Eagles kind of know what they're doing, and I think they want to keep playing into uh, his optimal value to see if if they can, you know, uh, swap out of their spot. Or I, Ali, I don't know if you've it, how much you've been listening to to sports radio at all this week. And and again, I don't know how much to take from so much stuff. Like you said, Colin, it's like. There's so much crazy conversations. Every mock draft is different. We were a couple of days ago. There was a rumor about Derrick Henry getting traded to the Eagles, which I have no idea where that even materialized from. So there is a little bit of this idea that like teams are scared that the Eagles might draft Bijan Robinson because that would just make the offense completely unstoppable, which again, my Madden brain is getting super excited thinking about that. But given that the Eagles have a very strong offensive line. It just, I, I I love the thought of making something great even greater, but it, I don't know. It, it, I, I My first question here is, do you think that there's any truth to other teams actually being afraid that the Eagles could take Bijan and they really think that that would just make us completely unstoppable? Sure. I mean, is there a truth that we would be a scarier team if we took Bijan? Of course. Um, Do I think that's what would actually make us a scary team? No. We gave up 28 points. 28 points in the second half in the Super Bowl? Um, Mm. I I think what would make us more formidable as a team is to shore up our our defense, specifically on the linebacker side. Yes, bringing in B. John, I think, would would make things interesting, make it exciting to, to watch our offense play, but... I mean, you you mentioned Rashad Penny, you mentioned Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. Like, I feel super confident. I mean, if you just tell me Kenny Gainwell, Gainwell and Boston Scott, I, I feel pretty confident in our backfield already. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because, like, both of those guys, I mean, what, what rounds were they drafted? Was Gainwell a fourth rounder, fifth rounder? Yeah, late. And I'm sure Boston late. Scott was, 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 was super late also. So, all right, let's move on a little bit from, from running back. As I look at our current depth chart, I'm looking at running back and I see <laughs> middle linebacker, literally one player. There's no backup. So just Nicobe Dean at middle linebacker. Um, and then it looks like uh, Nicholas Morrow and Hassan Reddick starting at outside linebacker. But it might be typical for the Eagles just to run two linebackers at a time. Um, it is very rare for the Eagles to draft linebacker. I know that they've done it a couple times. I think uh, two or three years ago, we took Davion Taylor. Um, It's just been a very long time since we've seen, I mean, I remember Stuart Bradley, Marcus Smith was obviously a bust, but there's just, it's something that we don't do. And looking at some of the mock drafts, it looks like linebackers don't might not start going until a little bit later. Um, Ali, you said that you saw, uh, what name was it? It was uh, Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. And did you see him going at number 10 or at number 30 at that particular mock that you were looking at? 
number 10. So Drew Sanders wow. is the top linebacker prospect in the draft right now. He, uh, the NFL's next gen stats, uh, gave him a score of 82, which is their number two rank in the 2023 combine linebacker rank. This guy had a pretty solid combine outing. And I think he would make our, our linebacker core pretty stout. Colin, any insight on Drew Sanders is 10 too high to take a linebacker. Uh, would you rather, you know, if we're going for defense, you know, what is the argument? Yeah. What are you, what are you looking at? Are you looking at linebacker? Or are you looking at secondary? Uh, I'm definitely not looking at secondary. Secondary is something, even when the Bradbury and Slay stuff was going on, I was like, I'm kind of like how you feel about linebackers in the first round and running backs in the first round. I am not a guy who's taking a cornerback in the first round unless he's Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey, that type. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't think the crop of cornerbacks, they they said this is a top-heavy they, meaning the the experts say (laughs) this is a top. Yes, those who have the inside no uh say that it's a top heavy class for uh cornerback saying maybe two three in the top 12 so we'll see but no i'm not i'm staying away from that i think we're solid in that end with depth and just talent um i would lean more trenches uh the depth of our d line can always be better i mean that's what made the eagles defense so good last year um and although we did lose linebackers in free agency and uh, I think they kind of had a plan for that. They always seem to go short-term contracts with the linebackers. They never seem to re-sign guys after short-term contracts. So it's, I did like White last year, um, but I think N'Kobe Dean was kind of always a guy who they thought was going to jump right in, took a little longer than expected, but this year should be a good year. Um, Drew Sanders is a guy that I, I think is quality talent. I'm not taking him at 10 uh, I don't have many linebackers on my list. Jack Campbell, I think, is like number two or three ranked. He's uh from Ohio, another just big, burly white fella. Not with a name like Jack really Campbell. Get out of town, Jack Campbell, big burly white guy. Yeah, they're both. <laughs> that's just not just not the Eagles culture, uh, so to speak. But I think they're both guys that if they fall into the second round, maybe we trade back something like that. But no, I'm I'm in the camp of staying away from linebacker. It doesn't seem to be a class that's, you know, anything to get excited about, but I, I mean, they're quality guys. Yeah. And we've talked about this. A, a couple and they're weeks good ago. people. They're good people. I'm and sure. you know what? Overall, they're just, they're just great to have in the locker room. They're just yeah. great teammates. Uh, they will come over for a Sunday dinner. Jack and they is going to be, or Drew. Yeah. Jack Campbell is going to be great on Wisconsin or Wisconsin, Jack. Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think of, uh, well, he's not an, Jack Campbell sounds like an offensive, uh, I was thinking he was an offensive lineman, but it's like every time that there's just this big white offensive lineman, it's always like Iowa or like, yeah, Wisconsin or <laughs> Northwestern or just like, you know, one of these bum Peter you know, Skaronsky, Peter Skaronsky. Yep. So, you know, like I'm looking at the linebacker core you have, uh, well, I guess Hassan Reddick. I hope they don't use him at linebacker. They should definitely continue to use him as strictly an edge rusher. Um, you know, we have Nicholas Morrow that we brought in on a one-year deal kind of reminded me a little bit of what we did with, uh, Kaiser white last year. I'm hoping we can get kind of similar production, uh, same as Nigel Bradham a couple years before that kind of like these not very well-known players, but like you start looking at their grades and you're like, okay, these guys can tackle. Um, and you know, TJ Edwards and, and, uh, who else did we just lose? But yeah, those two guys were they oh kaiser duh, i just said it uh, they both exceeded our our expectations so that will be interesting to replace um so you said yeah you're not looking at anybody in the secondary i've seen a couple mocks so far that had christian gonzalez from oregon uh so a couple corners i see are devin witherspoon christian gonzalez joey porter jr i love these when I, these juniors like you're talking about being two years old in 1999 and now i'm seeing you know you got asante samuel jr you got uh patrick sertan jr you got all these freaking juniors running around like it's uh it's crazy so um you know we have bradbury we have slay i agree with you that's like you know that's boom set it and forget it uh then at safety Reed Blankenship in a second year. I think that there's some excitement around him, around him. And then uh, Terrell Edmonds that we signed this offseason from uh, from the Steelers. We haven't really talked about him too much. 
I know that he was a former, I believe, first round draft pick maybe about five years ago. Never, never really panned out to his draft value, but that's still a player that the Steelers are like kind of stressing about replacing. So my point being is we might actually have a pretty decent secondary. So all of this is a very long way of saying it might be the trenches that we look at. And if we're going defensive line or offensive line, hit me with some of your, with some of your prospects, Colin, because this is where I'm kind of curious where we can, what we can do with, you know, with the players available. Okay, so at 10, I am totally committed to Jalen Carter if he's there. Um, I think us having Jordan Davis, us having N'Kobe Dean, he did like an interview somewhere with uh, John Clark today or yesterday, and he mentioned both those guys as leaders, as people that he looks up to. So all the character concerns are whatnot. And you say this because Jalen Carter is also a Georgia guy, and that's where N'Kobe and Jordan Davis both Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Um, but yeah, all that being said, the character questions I think are nothing we need to be concerned about as Philadelphia uh, Eagles fans. Um, other than that, on the D line, there are a couple other names I just don't think are going to be there. I mean, if Tyree Wilson's there, that's a guy I would go after, even though he's not really a fit, but I I do think it's going to be heavy QBs, heavy DBs, running back. Everybody's saying Zay Zay Flowers, the wide receiver, is going to be the first one off the board, and I feel like that means he's going to go top 10. I know it sounds crazy. Call it a hot take. Call what you want. But Zay Flowers from Boston, everybody's saying he's going to be the first off the board now. So Great name. If you want him, go get him. Uh, (laughs) But I do think there are a lot of offensive linemen that teams are going to be wanting to move up for and wanting to shift. I think that's going to cause a lot of the shifting in the draft. Obviously the quarterbacks will do what the quarterbacks do. The teams will move up into the top five. They'll get their guy that they claim they want and they've been locked in on. And then we'll move on with the rest of the draft. Um, But, but simply put, yes, but the offensive line depth in this draft, it's, There are a ton of highly rated offensive linemen. If you look at like the top 50 prospects, a ton of offensive linemen. And I think it's because so many of them are versatile. Um, A lot of them played multiple positions in college, which I don't think is something we've seen. Usually you have like one or two guys that are like, oh, they played center and guard or they played tackle and had to play guard for Mm -hmm. injury concerns or whatever. But this year, I mean, there's the three guys I have on my list for uh, offensive line targets. Paris Johnson from Ohio State. He's a guy that played both positions. He's six, six and he played offensive guard. Not sure if Jalen hurts is going to be working with that, but Hey, we did it with Dickerson. So that's, it's definitely a possibility. I can't see. I can't just, just get down. <laughs> I, I used Another to love ball to flex off Drew of his Brees. head. Drew Brees was like 40 and people were still being like, Drew Brees is short. How are they going to play with six foot three <laughs> offensive line? It's like the guy is a hall of famer. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, Peter Skaronsky is another guy that I think if he's there at 10, um, I think the bears, <laughs> this sounds crazy because the bears are awful, but they pick right before in front of us. But I feel like we, our two picks are going to teeter a lot on each other. They might go Bijan. You guys mentioned, um, earlier in, earlier in the top 10 for Bijan, but I think eight and nine are really where we need to worry about him being taken. But same thing with Skaronsky. I think the bears could snatch him up. I think the bears could snatch up Jalen Carter from us. So I think they might be someone that kind of, causes a wave in our draft, but um, those are the guys I'm looking at at 10. If if they're not there, I'm honestly looking to trade back from 10. I'm not really looking – I'm not in the camp to trade up from 30 necessarily. I would trade back from 30. Love trading back. Um, but Well, then would you, think, tr- would you trade up from 10? Would you trade up from 10 to be able to get Jalen Carter or one of these? I mean, is he your, is he your number one target right now? Uh, I think all things being said – as much as I do like Bijan and I, I'm totally fine with the luxury of Bijan. Uh, Bijan. Bijan. Uh, yes, Jalen Carter is my guy. I think he's he's the number one prospect going into the draft until the character concerns. The Bears traded out of one knowing, like, we still might get the guy that we want at one because they don't need the quarterback. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would love, I saw a mock today with Will Anderson slipping to 10 and I almost fell off the toilet. Screamed. So, I. <laughs> I would obviously be – oh, I'm so sorry. I would be obsessed with Will Anderson. At Eagles are on the clock. Yeah, Eagles – oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. 
But, uh, but no, yeah, I'm I'm looking for like you're talking about linebacker. I mean, that's the only linebacker I'm taking at ten is Will Anderson. He's an edge guy, but you saw what he can do in college. He played all over the field. Um, but yes, Jalen Carter's my guy. Would I move up for him? Was your question? I don't know if we have the capital without kind of like to weighing the the way to the risk. Um, but if it came and how he works in magic, I think, yeah, if we had to move up a couple spots to get Jalen Carter, what if not? we trade, what if we trade, uh, Jake Elliott or Josh out Jake, what if we trade our kicker? Because he's pretty good. Maybe they would trade a, maybe they would swap picks with us. Hey, this is, <laughs> you mentioned Joey Porter. You'd best believe I have Joey Porter Jr. on my Madden franchise Eagles. Hey, Just let Bradbury go bring in Joey Porter. It's the, pfft. So if, and Joey Porter, so Joey Porter's dad was a linebacker, right? For the uh, for the Steelers, am I thinking yes. of the right guy? And yep. so, so now I'm just picturing Joey Porter Jr. who plays corner. I'm just picturing him just being like a human truck stick. That's he is even, a beast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen visuals of Joey Porter, but when you look at Chris Christian Gonzalez, who's the clear cut like number one prospect, I think at corner in terms of just grading, Joey Porter makes him look like a high school. JV player because mm. he's just big and cut and long and in a Penn State uniform I guess he looks better but and that's that's a, hard to say that's, that's hard compared to, say. to an Oregon uniform so that's saying a lot <laughs> but true. yeah uh Witherspoon Gonzalez and Porter those are the three guys that they're that everybody's interested in I think Porter's more middle teens middle first round but hey the Steelers are a team that could totally take him uh I could see the the commies taking him but uh, yeah, Ali, I'm going to so, send this to you. I, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, actually, no, please. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 please. Please cut me oh, off, please. No, please. Cool. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, no, I, I just uh, yeah, I obviously I want to know. I want to know like your number one target as well. I want to know exactly, you know, what is the best case scenario for the Eagles in this draft? How how can you leave feeling over the moon about what the Eagles have done? So. I am a foundation type of guy, right? You build the foundation. It should be okay. Your skill position players come and go, but so long as your foundation is set, you're fine. Uh, I really like Skaronsky, the the O-lineman. Um, I, I feel like we've got enough guys um, who, who are about to graduate Jeff Stoutland University and, and go on to bigger things in their lives. Um, and they're going to leave a pretty big impact. Lane Johnson... I mean, the stats every single year that pop up, you know, when Lane Johnson is starting, the Eagles are, I don't know how many and very little losses versus mm-hmm. when he's not, um, which is basically the inverse of that, right? I, we need to start looking at the future of our offensive line and can't necessarily rely on guys like Kelsey and Johnson to to hold down the fort. I like Skaronsky a lot. I think he had a pretty solid... Uh, career in college. Um, I'm pretty sure his uh, his draft, or I'm sorry, his uh, his combined stats were were pretty solid as well. Um, he went to Northwestern, so go Wildcats. Uh, yeah, I like you this guy. What? I like this guy a lot. The Eagles have not been shy about drafting offensive linemen in the top two rounds the past few years. So we took Cam Jurgens last year in the second round, which I think is kind of like that center guard kind of hybrid. So he'll he'd be able to fill in for, you know, he'll be future Kelsey, most likely. Uh, that's how it seems. Um, in 2021, this is another great draft, Devontae round one. Uh, but then we took Landon Dickerson in round two. So um, Cam Jurgens last year, Landon the year before. Um, we took Jack Driscoll in the fourth round of 2020. We took Andre Dillard in the first round of 2019, who oddly, he was the highest draft pick of all of them. And he was also a left tackle and he, uh, has been the least effective. But, uh, with that being said, the, the Eagles have done a great job of kind of keeping this, um, ongoing, you know, just, just always having five guys that they can, that they can put on the offensive line and, and set the quarterback up for success as long as everyone's healthy. So, um, right now, you know, looking at the backups, it's like, so you have Lane, Cam Jurgens, Kelsey Dickerson, and Mylotta all as your starters. But then you look at the backups. I mean, these are names that, you know, I'm not used to seeing, which means that they're pretty fresh faces. So you, Fred Johnson, uh, so you got Sua Opeta, who's, who's been here, uh, Brett Toth or, uh, Brienne of Tarth. No, not the same. 
Um, Brand of Tarth could probably play offensive line. Uh, Josh Sills and Jack Driscoll. So uh, a couple of familiar names, but you know, we lost Samalu. We lost, uh, there's probably one more guy that I, uh, Dillard, we lost Dillard. who still provided some depth. So, you know, is there, I guess a scenario again, I'm not, I don't know how anything, none of us do, but is there a scenario where we can take one of these edge rushers or, um, you know, one of these great D linemen at 10, you know, hopefully Jalen Carter. And then uh, with, with the 30th pick, is there enough depth where we might be able to get, you know, a really solid, you know, offensive lineman for the future? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the first round, I'm, I'm more in the camp of, of stay away from skilled players because Mm -hmm. they're just so hit or miss, right? Like how many quarterbacks have been bust? How many wide receivers have been bust? Um, I, I look at a guy like Skaronsky's uh, combine report. It's like strengths, balance, and overall pass pro talent stand out. Awesome ability to recover when beaten. Very athletic, smooth movements in all areas. Outstanding production across multiple seasons. Like this is a guy when I think about people who I want on my offensive line to block for uh, for Jalen Hurts. This is the guy. Yeah, and if you're talking about the biggest holes that the Eagles have, losing Isaac Swamalo was huge it, mm-hmm. that's a gaping hole on the offensive line uh he was definitely the least um talked about of the crew i think just based off of name and just based off of i mean he was an earlier draft pick he was around the same as dickerson i think third, but maybe like a third round pick yeah but uh getting skaronsky he was a guy who played tackle in college he's not someone who bounced around the line in college but he is his build is more for the guard position. So, you know, he's fast enough to play tackle, but he's built like a guard so that ultimately that's going to work out for the Eagles. If they have to start him at guard and then eventually move him outside whenever lane moves on, but having a core of Malata, uh, Jurgens, Dickerson, and another, another offensive lineman added to that mix is something that the teams that are in the playoffs consistently every single year, like, the Ra- well, the Ravens, they have their own problems, but the Ravens and the Chiefs, they have young offensive lines that are going to be around for a while. So we need to, it is something to consider. And that's a luxury too. I mean, being able to just take yeah. the first offensive lineman off the board, that's a luxury. So I just, I, I, I got to believe that, you know, talented run, like super talented running back and like subpar offensive lineman is worse than mediocre running back with, stud lineman you know it's like i don't know we i've said it once i've said it a million times it's like you 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 got that offensive line working well then there's you you do not need you don't need you know the best running back in the world in order to be really really effective so um man i don't know i feel like we've can we talk crazy hypotheticals like uh what we ultimately would love to happen. Cause that's what season it is. This it's tis Ooh. the season to just like make it, make it Colin, work for your team. Hit me with talking dirty over crap. there, Colin. Well, like I said, yeah, I saw Will Anderson slipping to 10 and I'm in my head. I'm like, that's not something that could possibly happen, but I'm someone that does mock drafts, no trades. So ultimately I'm just picking what guy I think ends up on which team at the end of the day, when it boils down on my mock drafts, I'll, I'll, I talk about trades. I'll discuss the trades, but I can't think of what they're going to possibly do or what I don't like discussing hypothetical trades. If I'm not talking about what they're actually trading, you see them in the mocks. It's like they swapped picks so like for what though? <laughs> right. Um. So I'll say my ideal draft. And I think what will make like, what'll make it a little sexy, a little comfy still gives us like, these guys are ready to go. Now we trade back from 10 mm. for whatever reason. Whether somebody wants to get Bijan, whether we want, whether we don't have Skaronsky ranked as high as we do, whatever. We trade back from 10 and then we just kind of wait, hopefully, to a team like, hold on, let me pull up my list real quick. I feel <laughs> like I have some hypotheticals typed typed out. Um, But to a team like, I don't know, let's say the Packers. The Packers are in a weird, weird spot right now. We move back I to- I would say so. Oh no, they just moved up. That'd be crazy if they move up again. Okay. So they just moved up from what they, they were at 15. Now do you have the, 13. do you have the order up in front of you? I do. Who's 16? Yeah. 16 is, uh, is the Washington football commanders. All right. The commies. The commies. Yeah. The commies, they want Bijan Robinson. 
Because what do they have in their backfield? Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson? That's kind of cool, I guess. But Bijan is... They have two B. Robinsons on one be- in one backfield. That's way too confusing. Maybe I don't we care. get B. Robinson. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> we trade back. Things happen the way they do. We get Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith is a guy that people are saying is the fastest linebacker or edge rusher of all time, but also he's undersized. Well, that's what Hassan Reddick is. So if we can get two of those, then... I'm okay with it, and I think the Eagles' defense will figure it out. Then, obviously, we need more things to happen in terms of players falling, but if they can go and somehow get Jameer Gibbs at 30, that would be mm-hmm. just beautiful. Just beautiful. I, I think I'm there, too. I'm, I'm still, like, we don't need a running back, but, like, if that is the alternative to using the number 10 pick to draft a running back, if we were to, able to get a stud at 30, I can't complain. And this is um, a deep, deep, Deep offensive line draft. The big boys go on for days. So the I love the idea of taking one of the top guys at 10, but I do think one of the top five guys will slip into the second round. I think, well, maybe one of our top five guys. Um, but there's this guy from uh, North Dakota State. I don't know if you've seen him. He's He started as a tight end. So if you look at his like freshman picture to now, he's very skinny and lanky. And then... He does a Lane Johnson transformation where he just becomes this woolly mammoth, but he also loses his two front teeth. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so what? Cody Mock is his name. North Dakota State, I know we have our feelings Ooh. about that school, but if you look at the oh, kid, he, he, he's built like an offensive lineman. Like I'm sure that's what they told him when he came to play tight end. They were like, well, you're built to play offensive lineman. So I'd love to grab a guy like that in like the 62 area. Maybe he slips even deeper to 94. But there, I think a lot of – that's the more you realize now too uh, as you see these mocks come out. It's like, okay, well, there's some, there's only so many guys you can fit in the first round. And the more right. I make the mocks, I'm like, okay, well, there's only so many guys I can fit in the first round. So I'm getting to pick 30. I'm like, wow, look at this crop of players that I still have available to, to select for the birds. Um, but, yeah, I, I could talk about names – for days when it comes to the rest of the draft. But I think um, if Gibbs isn't there at 30, another ideal guy be, would be Brian Breezy. He's a Clemson, another big burly white fella. But I don't think he'll be there at 30. Um, he's a pipe dream. But he gives me like bigger Brandon Graham vibes. He's got short arms, broad shoulders, but he just gets after it. Gets after it. Gets That's what we love. It. That's what we love. So the draft is set to uh, begin tomorrow night. Tomorrow is Thursday. Tonight is Wednesday. So that makes tomorrow Thursday. Uh, things are going to get going around 8 o'clock. It is like anybody's guess as to what the heck is going to happen in the first round. You know, like you, we got four quarterbacks that could all go in the top 10. Who knows when Bijan's going to go? Um, it's just – it's. This is always super exciting. It's like it's a very fun thing to place all of our fandom into for a night just because, you know, we're we're in that dead zone of football right now. So this is exciting. Ali, do you have anything planned for tomorrow night? What are you going to do to watch the draft? Uh, Is there any any, you know, any traditions that you typically have or are you just going to keep it a normal night? Normal night. I'm probably just going to have it up on my my iPad watching as my my wife is. I'm going to give her a break. She puts up with me for the entire football season. So uh, I'm not going to put this on her tomorrow night, but I'm going to just have it up on my iPad. Pretty standard night for me. How about you? Cool. Cool. I'll be doing the same thing. Uh, I'll I'll be, you know, it'll probably be background noise for the most part. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'm I'm sure I'll start texting away once it's, it's approaching the Eagles pick. Uh, Colin, what if, what about you? You and Kara doing anything? You you guys (laughs) I'll be fully parties. locked in. Carol Billy will be fully locked in. <laughs> Carol will be somewhere, but I'll be fully locked in. Usually, uh, <laughs> we started a tradition with my college roommates to um, just do like a, a Zoom call during during the COVID. We started this tradition, oh, and during yeah. that time, for some reason, I didn't have a microphone. So every pick, I had lights in my room, and I would just change the color, red or green, if I liked it or if I didn't like <laughs> it. So that that was my form of communication, and I've kept that a tradition. So. All right, well, tomorrow, after the Eagles pick, I need you to send me either a green heart or a red heart. No, a green heart or a, well, a a green square or a red square. I don't know. Text me something green. You'll get it. 
If you like it, send me something red if you don't. I have uh, I, I have one follow-up question. Well, final question, I should say, not follow-up. How long will Wawa take to come out with a Dijon mustard-infused hoagie when we draft Bijan tomorrow? You know, Dijon, I was Bijan. wondering... I was wondering if the Honey Badger and Honey Bijan both ended up on like the same team somehow. You know, how much how much fun could one's marketing team have with uh, so much so much honey? Um, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be the Wawa. It's going to be the Wawa. Hey, look, it's 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 it is like low hanging fruit. It's so easy. So like the the, the guy has easily has sandwich. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, promotions. What do they do? NILs. Do? No, no, he like... no longer needs NILs. NILs. <laughs> um. Oh man. Yeah. Bijan. This is such. A, this is so crazy, man. Like this is. Uh, running backs are always just so. They just get people. They get everyone hot and bothered. So I feel like I should just say the names that I have listed in case we didn't mention any of them and how he takes one of them. So here I go. Spit them off. Bijan like said it. Jalen said credits. it. Peter said it. Yeah, yeah. Paris Johnson, Jameer Gibbs said it. Darnell Washington, a guy we didn't talk about, but if we did another like Zach Ertz, Goddard craziness like that, the giant tight end from Georgia who like is a sixth offensive lineman. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, just Darnell thought. Wright, Nolan Smith, and Brian Breezy. I won't name my later list, but that's my first round. If we get any of those guys, I will be. Happy. Boom. Very happy. I love it. This has been super informative. I, every time you said, like, I don't know if you've seen uh, so-and-so, I'm like, I don't know what any of these guys look like. And you're, <laughs> But your descriptions of them with the short arms and the burly shoulders or the, you know, long... Uh, I tried to manly. keep it basic. <laughs> I think, I think early good. in the episode I said he goes all the directions you need him to go. I believe I, I check me when you're editing, but I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> so like sometimes gravity just doesn't. That apply. that would that's what trying. it would say for my scouting report under Bijan is he goes all the directions all you need directions. him to go. That's a it was that. so descriptive. I can imagine it. That's that's all you that's need. That's right. Nice. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for winging it with us uh, yet again. Super excited for the draft tomorrow again. That'll be eight o'clock tomorrow night. Everyone, let's uh, let's enjoy whatever new toys the Eagles have in store for us. Colin, thank you again for sharing your genius with us. I can't wait to hear if any or all of your names that you mentioned uh, get selected tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to, you know, having you back on eventually. Maybe we can, you know, kind of debrief and see how everyone feels about it. But uh, that's all we got for now, guys. Enjoy the draft. Go Birds. Peace out. Go birds. Yeah.